This week on Erotic Awakening, Jealousy Survival Guide, Sex at Home, and Hiking. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast, as well as workshops by Dan and Don, are offered free of charge to our community. Because of the expenses involved, we are grateful to those that support us through Patreon and donations. Awesome people like Shelly. Indeed. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we are going to be joined by the wonderful Kitty Chambliss on Talk About Jealousy and How to Survive It. Fabulous. But, um, well, actually, there's no but. There's no but. There's not a ton else to talk about. (laughs) Which is surprising. There would be a shit ton to talk about if you were okay with me putting all the dates of all the things we have to do, which I tried to do a couple of weeks ago, and then we went on and on and on, so... I've only got a couple of dates. But no, I know, but it was, it was the podcast. stuff going on. It was the podcast of, it was a calendar. It was you reading Basically, a calendar. So, 30 minutes of calendar. But I have found a new passion with the Zoom calls. So that is really um, feeding me And people right are now. digging it, and people I cannot are digging deny it. that. It's sacred sexuality, and the ones that I'm doing on my own are sec- sacred sexuality and energy work and all that type of stuff I, I used to do in person um, with my spiritual group and with the FET community and now I'm putting it online, and it's going very well. Well, people who are listening, you will get a chance to hear about that. I can't stop her. <laughs> uh, power exchange be damned. There's some things you just can't. St- well, actually, I could. But you could. It wouldn't be worth it. And we also have to talk about sex and kink while your roommates are at home. But uh, before we get there, let's let's go ahead and bring in Kitty. Uh, been on the podcast before, friend of the podcast, author of The Jealousy Survival Guide, and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Thanks for being on the podcast, Kitty. Thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here and get to have a great conversation with both of you again. Yay. So one of the fun things that we are always asked about is, you know, I think this whole polyamory thing sounds great, but I can't do polyamory because I'm jealous. Or... People find out that we're we're polyamorous, and and then they're like, oh, so I guess you don't have an issue with jealousy. That's so, the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> so, is that the reality of it? Has jealousy been conquered? Is your book the answer to all jealousy, and no one has to be jealous again? <laughs> I would say the way I like to describe it is jealousy just gets such a bad rap, right? And it's really just another emotion, like you know, anger is an emotion and we can take anger management classes. Well, we can also just learn to manage the emotion of jealousy. You know, jealousy can be complex, but that doesn't mean that we can't get skills in order to handle it. Um, So to me, it's just a matter of learning the right skills, the right tools, and also accepting it and embracing it in terms of when we try and run away from our feelings or suppress them, they just keep popping up like beach balls that we try to push down in a pool, right? Right. (laughs) Keep popping back up again. So I, I really advocate just taking it head on and accepting that emotion, leaning into it, and learning how to dance with it, so to speak. So, um, so that's definitely one of the approaches that I take. And also there can be a lot of shame in the open relationship and polyamorous community just around even experiencing jealousy. Like, oh, I must not be polyamorous enough if I feel jealousy, but that's, you know, that's just really a myth. It's simply an emotion. And some people can feel it more than other people. For example, my husband just very innately doesn't seem to feel very much jealousy, 
but I have over the years, which is partly why I did all this research and wrote this book <laughs> so that I right. could help my fellow man and woman and, and person to get to a better place with it. And personally, I'm glad to hear that, right? The book that's written from the perspective of somebody, right? Um, I wouldn't read a book about diabetes or what it's like to live with diabetes by, by somebody who doesn't have diabetes, right? So if you, I want to read a book about jealousy and how to deal with jealousy. It's valuable to read it by someone who's dealt with some jealousy in their life. Yeah, living with the experience instead of the theory. Exactly. Because so, everybody's got theory. You know, you've got your, your armchair theorist. So um, how, I just want to throw this out there. I, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer. So um, how valuable is it for people on groups to be telling other people that express that they're being jealous that they are not actually polyamorous if they are jealous? I get that all the time. I'll see someone really new go, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm jealous and I don't know how to deal with this and these feelings and they're out of control and, you know, and, and, you know, I just don't know what to do. And other people will, will answer and go, oh, if you're jealous, you shouldn't be trying polyamory right now. Fix your jealousy issues and then try polyamory. And I'm like, oh, I got answers. But how, how, how would you answer that? Well, I definitely feel that there, there's so much shame that we can be bringing to to different topics like that and to me that is just another we we are all familiar with slut shaming and one of the books that changed my life was the the ethical slut and how mm-hmm. they took the word slut back and i think in this context there can be a lot of shaming just around experiencing jealousy and it it can be beneficial, of course, to work on, you know, exploring where the jealousy is coming from and learning communication tools to be able to talk to your partner. But I don't think that means that we need to run away from that feeling or or suppress it or shame people when they are experiencing it. It can be really helpful for them to do research, whether that's, you know, reading different books about how to handle jealousy or also working with a professional to see if there are self-esteem issues going on or if there are unmet needs that they need tools to be able to talk about that jealousy or if also maybe there are unhealthy dynamics that might be going on that might be better served by working with um, with a professional to see if if that's going on as well. But, but I definitely, I tell people just to embrace the experience and to really not shame the experience of just feeling our emotions. Yeah, because I think we already shame ourselves. I mean, some of the best advice that uh, my daughter-in-law of all people gave me because I was having jealousy issues here and I wanted to be way over here on the opposite side of the hurdle. So I was Mm -hmm. shaming myself because I've been Mm -hmm. doing this for years and here I'm experiencing jealousy. And she's like, will you just sit with where you are? Will you just be okay with where you are? You'll get to the other side, but you're, you're, you're spazzing out because you're not on the other side. So you got two things going on. I agree completely. And I think a lot of times we can, it's about the meanings that we're creating. So if we create a meaning that that creates shame around it, well, that is going to erode our sense of self-esteem. We're going to be less resourced and not as well able to handle that situation. But if the meaning we make is, hey, I'm growing and maybe there's something for me to learn here, or maybe I need to get some new tools or maybe I need to ask some questions of my partners to figure out where this is coming from. Well, from that place, we can start to move somewhere 
to a somewhere constructive instead of destructive. Cause I definitely think when we're coming from a place of shame, that that can definitely be very destructive. So that's partly how I approach things in the book is that there are different reactions to jealousy. Some are destructive to ourselves or the relationship, mm -hmm. but we can also learn ways to be constructive with, um, with our emotions and, and eventually possibly even start to feel compersion. So, it, you know, which of course is sympathetic joy or what a lot of people call the opposite of jealousy. And I don't want you, I mean, we don't want you to give away everything that's in your book, but what is an example of a tool you, that, you know, when I start to feel jealous about something that uh, it, it's great. To, I love the term lean into it, but how do you do that? Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a great question. I would say, um, one of the techniques that I talk about in the book is starting from the, the inside out. So starting with a, like a positive mindset and figuring out where some of those um, feelings are coming from, because a lot of times our feelings are coming from the stories we're telling ourselves, or as Brene Brown calls it, our shitty first drafts. So sometimes we're, our imagination is running wild and we're, we're creating all these scary stories that are bringing up fear and jealousy and, and painting our, our metamors, our partners, partners into be something that they're not. Um, and so a lot of it can just be figuring out what are those stories and kind of fact checking some of those stories and then turning those around into what I would call empowering beliefs. So using empowering questions, like asking better questions, and then turning those around into empowering beliefs once we've kind of um, fact-checked what, what's actually been happening. And then in terms of knowing how to fact-check that, that's where lots of different um, communication tools that can come in that uh, we, we're all, a lot of us are familiar with nonviolent communication. But at the crux of that is really understanding what are the needs that are beneath what's going on and unearthing, you know, what those needs are, because all of our needs are really life affirming, beautiful and positive. Sometimes it's our strategies of how we're trying to get those needs met that can get kind of sticky or, or that's where sometimes we can start to get in, in disagreements with, with our partners um, or it can start to spiral into something even worse or start to damage our relationship. So that's, that's one strategy I would mention. And um, I would say another is to take some of that fear out is to another way to fact check our stories is to get to know our partner's partner if that feels safe you know, to, um, to start to realize that they put their pants on the same way that we do. Um, I love it. Another Brene Brown quote is people are hard to hate close up. So mm. sometimes when we just get to know our partner's partner and we see maybe they're scared too, you know, they have needs too. Um, they have insecurities as well. And when we do that, it just humanizes them. And then from that place of shared humanity, we can start to go to better places that, that create more connection instead of creating disconnection. So uh, those are just a couple, couple ideas. That's awesome. So, and, and you've mentioned um, a word I wanted to ask about. You've actually mentioned it a couple of times when describing jealousy, and that's uh, fear and being scared. I mean, how much is jealousy about being scared and having fear? I think it can definitely vary per person, but 
jealousy can stem from like rational fear, meaning um, uh, the idea of uh, one way to talk about jealousy is the idea of loss, less or never. So are we going to lose time with a, a loved one and that concerns us? Um, are we starting to have fear like we're, we're never going to see them again? You know, they're going to run off into the sunset with somebody and become monogamous even. Um, and so some of that fear can be, so some of that might be rational where maybe we are gonna lose some time. We're gonna have to start sharing our time with other people or rational fear could be, what if I do lose this relationship or what if this relationship changes in a way that I'm not comfortable with, which very well could happen. So that's that's a rational fear, but sometimes we can also have have irrational fears and that's where it can be really helpful to start to, to unpack some of that. And there's also just normal vulnerability because when we do, open our hearts up, we do fall in love and we are being vulnerable with other people. Well, that, that is a meaning that that is a place that we can get hurt. And so that's a place that, um, that Chelsea can also come up is just that, that fear of being vulnerable by mm-hmm. exposing ourselves that way. Yeah. And I, I love the way you put that. And I love the loss less or never. I had not heard that before. That's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. What is our partner's role in all this in that, if I have um, a partner who's, I'm, let's say, I've, I'm starting to see someone new. I start dating Susie, and and uh, Dawn starts to feel a lot of jealousy about that. What is my responsibility for Dawn's jealousy? That's a great question, <laughs> and uh, that I could go on for a long time, but I'll try to keep it short. But I think it's a great question in terms of thinking through, again, what's kind of like healthy behavior and what's not healthy behavior. And I love the concept of the the drama triangle, and we don't necessarily have to go deep into that here, but a quick relation to jealousy is um, if we start to take responsibility for our other partners, for our partner's feelings as if they're our own, then that's when we start to go to like an unhealthy place. So for example, um, if, if they say, Hey, I'm feeling really jealous. Will you cancel your date? Mm -hmm. Um, so that you can take care of my feelings and take care of my jealousy. That's moving more towards a little bit of an unhealthy dynamic because we're, we're taking too much responsibility and not practicing healthy boundaries, but a healthy perspective can be to encourage our partner and to say, you know, how we can ask great questions like, how can I support you right now? Do you need maybe a little bit more reassurance? Do you want me to text you when I get to my date? Do you want me to let you know when I'm coming home? Would that, would that help you feel a little bit more safe, but still keeping that date? And, and then encouraging them and nurturing them like, hey, you know, I, I know you've got this. I'm going to be home in a few hours. I'm going to honor my value of integrity in, in keeping this date. And, and I'll see you in a, in a few hours, you know, and let me know, let me know what else you need. Um, and another thing I would add is um, just expressing some really genuine appreciation can go a long way. So, you know, there's reassurance and then there's also just um, practicing a lot of appreciation for each other, like honoring what we love about each other, what, what makes us, um, what makes us smile. And by showing appreciation, we're also kind of teaching our partners how to meet our needs. And that can be like putting money in that emotional bank account so that, um, so that it's creating that kind of, um, trust and that foundation that can add to, um, just add to that, that foundation in the relationship. Very cool. 
Cool. So if you had one takeaway from your book, if there was one thing you wanted people to to get from the book, what would that be? Mm. I know there's probably I would a say, lot. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I would say it would be to know that you can, you can survive jealousy. And as a matter of fact, you can even thrive moving through jealousy. And if you learn the right tools, you can actually increase your intimacy. You can increase your understanding and your compassion with your partners and, and be more constructive. And that is 100% possible, whether, um, whether you're working with a, a professional or you are doing the work. Um, and so it may not happen overnight, but with diligence and hard work, absolutely jealousy and feeling that and embracing your emotion can actually be an asset if you want it to be. Do, do you feel like becoming a person that does not feel jealous is a reasonable goal? That's a tough one. I mean, like I said, my husband doesn't feel much jealousy, but that doesn't mean he never feels jealousy. So I would say to me, it's 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 an unusual goal just because in, it's, it almost feels like we're still shaming our feelings mm-hmm. because do we do we ever will we ever say to ourselves, you know, I have a goal to like never feel anger for the rest of my life, you know, mm-hmm. or I don't ever want to feel sadness or grief for the rest of my life. It's just another emotion. It's just a complex one that that is mixed up with some other emotions inside of it. Very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more question for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. So you've written the Jealousy Survival Guide. I know you do some coaching, probably some coaching around jealousy and such. You've national speaker talking about jealousy, that sort of thing. Got your own podcast. I'm sure you give a lot of people advice about jealousy, etc. Do you ever catch one of your partners looking at somebody or messaging somebody and feel jealousy arise? And how annoying is that? <laughs> Um, this happened last week. I mean, so to the, to the point of even your your earlier question, um, I'm human. I, one of uh, one of the things I like to say is that birds fly, fish swim, and humans human. So to me, mm. it's just part of the human experience. So I, just literally last week, I felt it, it was actually a little bit more anger than it was mm. jealousy. But it is a complex emotion that can get mixed up together. And using the skills, I was able to share how I was feeling without, say, blowing a gasket, you know, mm-hmm. without creating disconnection. And I was also to use some of the some of the tools, um, like just taking a break and not talking until I was in a, a calm state of mind, which actually was a couple days later. You know, that's also one of the techniques is just waiting until you can be respectful and really practice active listening so it can be a productive conversation instead of a, a damaging and destructive conversation. So, yeah, um, it's it it is. I wouldn't say it's annoying. It was just a, a humaning moment where I was like, oh, there it is. Luckily, I have tools to deal with that. <laughs> Very cool. Kitty, where can people find your book or find out about your coaching and all the great stuff that you do? Absolutely. You can find everything at my website at lovingwithoutboundaries.com. So there you can learn how to uh, buy my book, which you can find on Amazon. It's available in print, Kindle, and even on Audible with some fun Easter eggs at the end. And you can also learn about my podcast of the same name there as well. And also book a free breakthrough coaching session with me on the website, lovingwithoutboundaries.com. Very cool. Dawn, you want want to know what I'm I'm jealous about? Uh Uh-oh, what are you jealous about? When I listen to Kitty's podcast, her audio quality is so damn good and noise the crap out of me. (laughs) 
jealous over the technology. Jealousy over the technology. Wow. <laughs> you know, there's a way to fix that, right? Spend more money. <laughs> Just throw more money at. The- no, I don't think. I think it's beyond that now. Uh, Kitty, thanks for being here with us. Hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, we're just going to wrap this thing up. Don, I told you earlier I was going to let you tell us about what you've got going on. Mm-hmm. But keep it short. Okay, I'm going to keep it short. Okay. So I am, um, I, like I said, I'm really loving the Zoom classes. And I have found that if I do them at noon, that I get a lot more people that are actually available around the world. When I do it at 7 o'clock at night, it's too late for some people sure. or whatever. So anyway, so I'm doing a combination of both. So the next one is this Wednesday, which means you guys will probably have a day's notice when this goes out. And I'm doing mindfulness in service again. And that's my noon class. I've also got some energy ones um, going up soon too. And then on March 21st, which is a Sunday, um, we are doing our next live podcast. And we actually have the topic ahead of time this time. We do have the topic. <laughs> this actually came about from our new Discord channel. People are asking us about why. And it's really interesting. I'm really looking forward to talking about the spectrum of submission is what we're mm-hmm. calling it. In that it seems like a lot of people that identify as submissives want to quantify how powerful they are, that they're not just, even though they're submissive, they're still in charge of things and they're powerful. Like I do. Like you do. (laughs) And other people say, you know what? I just want to be meek and quiet and be submissive. Mm -hmm. And it's like everybody ignores the spectrum in there. Right. So we're looking forward to talking about that. Absolutely. Uh, so that's on the March, March 21st, 21st. And that will be live on the old YouTube doing the old podcast. At 6 o'clock. So if you go to our channel on YouTube, we're under Erotic Awakening, correct? I think so. And then just subscribe and hit the little bell and that will notify <laughs> you. <laughs> Sounds like all the little YouTube you listening to. Huh? You can tell we've been watching a lot of YouTube because they're always like, so p- press the little button and, and hit the little, little bell. bell. Yeah. And that'll tell you when we go live. Um, it just so happens that you can sign up for the newsletter and hear about all the other junk that we have going on, like Owl, Eros Gathering, blah, 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 Patreon chats, Zoom classes, and more. And you'll get your shout out, just like Misty in Tennessee. And Nikki Jean in Oregon. Lindsay in Ontario. And Taku in Zimbabwe. And Jonah in Canada. Nice. So yeah, head over to eroticawakening.com. I don't know that I've ever said Zimbabwe as a Me neither. Before. And I'm kind of looking at it going, can you type anything in there that you want to? Do we really have a listener from Zimbabwe? Because that would be cool. Actually, you can see the stats. We do have listeners in a variety, variety of really of cool odd, things. Odd places. Um, nice. Taku, please, uh, once COVID's over, we would love to come out to Zimbabwe and present on something. Anything. anything. <laughs> I like to travel. Head over to eroticwakening.com and get your EA shout-outs. Sign up for the occasional lo- newsletter. Yes. To get the latest news. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> get discounts See, on Kitty, books and this more. is why you have to have a podcast partner to step in when you lose track of what you're saying. The other person <laughs> But he doesn't right like me to step That's on his awesome. toes when he pauses. <laughs> so. You're a good team. You're a good team. So, uh, Kitty, I don't want to give away where you live, but you don't live too far from Washington, D.C. That is correct. Uh, now, I have been, actually, D.C. has a surprising amount of uh, woods and forestry type stuff and the area around there I'm familiar with good national forest and stuff. Do you do any hiking? I do. I love to go hiking. Yeah. We have great falls over here. It's really beautiful. 
And I'm fortunate enough, especially during COVID, to have some beautiful trails right out back of my house. So Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have Very recently nice. decided that um, I've decided I want to go hiking. And I made the uh, decision that I want to find out if I can hike a couple of miles, set up a camp, spend the day, actually spend the night is the plan in the long run, and then come back. With the, um, with the ultralight camping. So he's carrying like all the weight on his back. Can I just say that the terminology ultralight is misleading? Compare it to <laughs> what I pack in the truck when we go regular camping. I will compare. Yes, it is. It is. It's not like what I used to have on the old Boy Scouts. Right. And that is not like a military pack or anything. It's way lighter than that. But still, 20 pounds I... on this body, miles through the woods. Been but there, done that. Yep. <laughs> I did manage to hike a couple miles out, set up a tent all on my own. Nice. Sleep, take a nap, make coffee, make a meal, pack it all up, and come home. Nice. The most interesting thing about that is, A, I'm capable of doing it, but B, I so remember the impossibility of putting a tent back into the bag that it came out of. Right? That's my worst fear is buying a sleeping bag and then trying to get it back into its little sack. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. Or a chair or anything. It's not like that anymore. You just keep shoving. You just keep shoving? Yeah. It, and it, it works? It's pretty much the same advice I give people regarding sex. <laughs> just keep just shoving. <laughs> It'll fit. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Let's move on. Well, and I was supposed to go with you on that day hike. I was going to watch how you did it and see if it was something I wanted to do too. And instead, I stayed in Dayton and helped Big D and his wife and her boyfriend and some of his friends finish packing up their house because yeah. they're hitting the road. And, you know, uh, Kitty, we just talked about this on, I think, one of our little Let's Chat things that we do. But Dawn and I have this new thing. This is how we get free counseling from Kitty. She's on the podcast. <laughs> she was on the podcast. <laughs> that works. In that as COVID, and I, I, I am not saying COVID's done or anywhere near done, but as COVID mm-hmm. begins to loosen up a little bit, I've made a lot of connections and will have a lot of dating going on. Mm-hmm. And where Dawn's long-term partner has just moved away, taking her pos- her he's, partner away. Yeah, he's, he's got an RV and they're hitting the road for a year and then moving to South Dakota to be with oh, wow. family. Yeah. So it is going to be a really interesting time for us and something that we'll share on the podcast as it goes, because that's what we do, to see what happens. It may well happen that your freedom... Mm-hmm. From one partner opens you up to a thousand partners. You never know. One door closes, and ten exactly. windows open. It, all my oracle cards say that's what's going to happen. That's not what's. <laughs> Actually, there's people that are reaching out, but there are people that are wanting to cheat on their wives, and I'm just um, not into that. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do I draw that? Nothing in my profile says I'm up for that. You do identify as a female in your profile. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's all some people need, unfortunately. Uh, we recently had somebody write in to the podcast, um, and they said their partner and I have been, my partner and I have been struggling with keeping sexy, kinky times going because we live at home with roommates, and we're trying to come up with some discreet play that's not just toys. Uh, one of the people say they like this power exchange aspect of it, but how do you do the sexy power, sexy kinky time at home when you've got the roommates there? Right. Now, Don, we've never had that problem with roommates. Well, uh, we have but had the kids. We have certainly had the kids. What would you recommend for somebody who wants the sexy kinky time? Well, it, it 
depends what they said discreet right so for me I needed that power exchange energy even though the kids were home so after work you and I would go into our bedroom take off all of our electronics and I would kneel for you we'd have a mantra you would put your hands around my neck in imitation of a collar Mm -hmm. or put my collar on for a few minutes and kind of settle into that energy. And so we had like rituals like that that were behind closed doors. And that was really very grounding before coming out and then dealing with the the the, the screaming kids. So I, I tell you, the one thing that for me that I found super challenging in this was one of the things I wanted to teach you as we became partners and lovers, was that it was okay to be loud. It was okay to, if you had a... During sex. Yes. Yes. If you had a moan, let out a moan. If you had a giggle, let out a giggle. You would actually hold my mouth open because I did have 14 years with kids before hooking up with Dan. And And a partner that wasn't as... And a partner that... Appreciative of you being vocal. Right. So it was very Mm -hmm. much stay quiet, stay quiet, stay quiet. And then I get with Dan and while we're learning how to be a couple we're also sending the kids off to the ex-husband right so i've got voices in my head screaming to be let out and literally needing to scream and not able to and dan holding my mouth open and telling me to scream so he's very much you know allowing me to be vocal and allowing me to be that loud person that i want to be because otherwise i lock up all that energy and, mm-hmm. and it literally, by locking up my voice, it locks up the energy and it's hard to participate in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So Dan's teaching me how to do this. And then the kids are there. And, and then I have when the kids do come the opposite. back, we have to do the opposite. So, so. what is some, some advice that you would give people? How can you have, other than the, that connection, that power exchange connection? Huh. Well, that's a good one. So, I mean, we've done play that's quiet. Right? You can do that. But like what? I'm, I'm all into the power exchange connection. You have actually taken, like, um, what we used to do was we wouldn't have full-out scenes. We would have 10, 15, 20 minutes of mm-hmm. play, maybe right before going to sleep. And you would, like, take out chopsticks and beat my chest with chopsticks. I mean, that's quiet, right? And I've got to stay quiet. So um, you've spanked me with fingertips, yeah, so that versus you don't, it's, so that you don't it doesn't get make this, that. you get this, right? You can't mm-hmm. even barely hear that. So now, of course, I've still got to hold my moans in. Now, the problem is, is I like to put a pillow over my face to help with the moans. Yeah, as long as you don't help me with that. So, <laughs> de- dead is red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but part of that is you can make that part of your scene Absolutely. as well. Is to say to the person, the receiver in this that they have to be quiet. And as soon mm-hmm. as they start making noise, you stop, stop doing, doing it. what you're doing. Right? Yeah. So it becomes a teasing sort of thing. Backwards of what you used to do to me. Because if I wasn't loud enough, yes. you would stop doing what you were doing. Uh, so, Kitty, do you have this issue at all? I know you live with two partners. Is, is that correct? I live with two partners, yes. We have a poly household. So that, that one partner lives upstairs and we have like a master bedroom that we had when we bought the house. And then my other partner lives more or less in like a den area downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in terms of being quiet, we're, we, we don't have any children. We have two cats, so we're not really worried about being quiet. Um, sometimes we'll be quiet just to be a little bit respectful. Like right. if somebody needs to get up or just to be respectful in general, but I mean, just to add to the conversation, I've loved everything that you both were sharing, but I would say to me, like when we think back to 
high school, right? When we had to be quiet, maybe because we weren't supposed to be doing anything naughty, you know, Mm -hmm. when we were teenagers. I mean, that was really erotic, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to be quiet. Um, So I I think that that can actually be quite fun. Um, Or we actually here like to watch porn. So you could also watch porn with headphones on. And, oh, you know, and, you know, right. and kind of just enjoy that with maybe some light, you know, light touching or light play, but just to, to offer some other ideas that, that came up. That's great. I like the idea or bring porn and sit in bed with a laptop. So it's very intimate and sharing headphones. Right. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, though, for porn, I normally like to turn off the sound and I'll just actually I'll fast forward fast the script forward part and then just hit the good part. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah look, the, the 20 minute blowjob still going on. Fast forward. Okay, we, used, we used to do something at the space called bad porn and brownies mm-hmm. and it would literally be bad porn and um so you know we've got a whole group of people we're all in sitting in chairs and they would like fast forward through the 20 minute blowjobs and play benny hill music right so <laughs> someone would have the script of benny hill music they'd fast forward through the blowjobs right you know and so i oh, had a blast with that there are some really <laughs> bad, bad, porn, bad out there. porn out there, right? <laughs> and yeah, most of absolutely. It, most of it was parody porn. Yeah, yes. So it was oh. like the Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. and, you know, and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. South Park porn. Oh, that is... was true. Cause oh, they, and yes. they killed Kenny. Yes, they did kill Kenny. Oh. <laughs> the characters all had mittens and knit caps. You know, it was live uh-huh. people with God. caps. And, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. That was too weird. Uh, Dawn... When it comes to tentacles, Sasquatch has sent you something. Again. So um, uh, uh, he's been doing that for years. And he linked me to somebody's profile on FetLife that is full of hentai. It is good stuff. It is the, the, the cartoon tentacle. Oh, yeah. It's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Mon- he, monster porn. I love yes, it. Yes. He knows what I like. <laughs> he knows what I like. So, yep. Um. I would talk about the food on boobs someone sent me. You know, I wait, wait, where did I see cupcake boobs? Discord. Yes. Discord. I found that finally. You were you talking about that it? last yes, time. Yes, I was talking yes. about it last time. So, cool. Yeah, we love the food on boobs, love the love the tentacle stuff. And I have been, oh, I put out, it was National Hug Your Dog Day the other day. Yes, it was. So on Instagram, the day before, our cat was hugging the dog, and I got Aww. a picture. So I was able to put that on our Instagram. So people don't get... If you're on Erotic Awakening Instagram, you're liable to see pictures of me out on my trike, us out on our motorcycles, or the cat and the dog. It is a completely unerotic <laughs> Instagram account. Every once in a while, I think sometime in the past month, there was a picture out there of me with my fishnets on. It's about as erotic as it gets. Um, and, and Kitty, I told people I would ask you this Um Whenever the dog, whenever the cat comes over and plays with me, the dog freaks out. Does the dog have a jealousy problem? <laughs> I think the dog's just being a dog. There you go. Yes, that, that makes more Territorial. sense. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, we got to do that. So, Dawn, um, looks like we have some Kickstarter cards. We do. Uh, Kitty, so here on the podcast, we pull these Kickstarter cards. And mm-hmm. um, would you uh, like us to pull a card for you? Sure. I think that would be fun. Fantastic. One, two, or three? Ooh, three is my favorite number. All right, three it is. Dawn, one or two? One. You're correct. You are number one. Yay. Uh, Dawn, how do you feel about hoods, masks, or pillowcases from our earlier conversation? 
I'm actually a weirdo. I don't like them. We've that, actually tried to buy a couple over the years of different materials and um, and things like that. We've got we've had the the silk full hood. Yes, that I can almost see through, but not quite. We've done the ones with holes. We've done the ones all kinds. I'm claustrophobic. It, it's really the the silk one that's real thin. That's the full hood. That's just like the sack. That one's the easiest for me because I can breathe through it and I can almost see shadows. And you bought it for me on purpose. Where it happened to your clown one? I don't know. He had a black silk one that had mm-hmm. a cl- uh, an evil clown airbrushed on it. Oh, wow. And we would play on the mats together. So we would be on the mats and be on our hands and knees and both of us be hooded and and kind of wrestle that way. That's the only one I can do. Otherwise, um, oh, but I do like blindfolds. If I'm laying still, is blindfolds on no, there? No, blindfolds isn't on there. Oh, so. it's hoods and masks. Yes. No, no mm-hmm. not so much about hoods and masks. Blindfolds I can do. I, Kitty, I'll tell you what I actually want to do. I'm not into any of these myself, mm-hmm. but like when you go to a poly convention, you can't just go, you're not just, you can't be, you are the Kitty Chambliss. You are the author, right? You can't just walk around and be anonymous. I kind of want to go to an event and wear a hood. Well, not maybe not a poly event because if you're wearing a hood, may not fit in as well. But a kink event and wear a hood, so people don't know who the fuck I am, and, and just wander around and see what that feels like to be nobody. Mm-hmm. And not to say that we're somebody, no, but but someone's always wanting to talk to us if they see us and things like that. Yeah, so. yeah. So, uh, you've fine, got some cachet. People, a lot of people know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> and, and normally, of course, we're going to an event because somebody's invited us to to present and speak there so that right. now you got to do it in one of those suits the zentai was it zentai yes. suit i don't remember if it's called zent you know i know what you're talking about though. yeah you got to the do full that, body the suit. full yes. body suit before with the hood and and everything so I, I just want to ask how was that did that help at all um it wasn't bad not the same okay though. all right pick give me a card okay i'm gonna pick this one for you it's not CBT. Okay, always, good. For some reason, he always seems to pull CBT, which he's not into, and I always pulled Bastinado, which okay. I'm not into, which was beating your feet. Okay, but the one that I pulled for you, Dan, yes, yes. is the brat. The I brat was just to- called a dumb brat. You were? Just a day ago or two days ago. And on my submissive roundtable, we were talking about bratting. Yes. And the, the way they were describing it, I'm like, oh, that's Dan. <laughs> so that's so it was probably Peachy that called you a Dom brat. Yes. On one of our one of our chats. So um, so this the way this card is is described because this is a Sheba's card when she sponsored the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, the brat uses humor to build sexual energy by taunting their partners in a playful, sexy way. Ooh. See, I'm not a brat. I don't know how, how to brat. I've tried to brat mm-hmm. a couple of times over the last year, and it's gone right over Dan's head. He's so used to me not <laughs> bratting that the few attempts I've tried, <laughs> he hasn't picked He's up He's like, more. what is this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to say no. I'm not digging it. Yeah. I don't mind brats. I don't mind playfulness. I don't mind mucking about. But the aspect of using it to create sexual energy... Mm-hmm. That's, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. That's not my thing. Yeah. So. Reasonable. Yep. I know it's a lot of people's things. It's, it's like I said, I don't know how to brat. <laughs> Uh-oh. So what do, what do we have for Kitty? I, I just love the fact that you got, you know, hoods. Right. I got bratting. Kitty, the guest on the podcast, and these Uh-oh. are random. Kitty, 
How do you feel about double or triple penetration? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel a lot of things about that. <laughs> well, I will say that is hilarious. Um, I will say that I love me a lot of porn. So I love lots of double trip penetration porn, lots of triple penetration porn, gangbang porn, all the porn I can get in terms of experiencing it. I've been lucky enough to enjoy that a couple times in my life and I welcome more uh, <laughs> with, with, with human beings, I'm saying, uh, okay. but we definitely have a vast array of sex toys here. When um, my husband and I were first getting together, I went on a rampage at Great Expectations in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we, we literally bought about, it was like $500 worth of toys and porn back when you had to buy porn. Right. And um, so we've got all kinds of, of, you know, dildos and butt plugs and, and all of that. So um, so certainly using toys. Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm all about it. I definitely fall in the kink category. Um, and so um, it's it's all good for me. I love variety. I mean, it's partly why uh, a lot of us identify as polyamorous. And to me, that extends into the into the bedroom, too. And I'm not really shy about talking about it. So thank you for the interesting question. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> cool. I'm glad you glad we pulled that one for you. Exactly. See, That's I funny. like to leave that one. So with the Kickstarter cards, when I go to negotiate with someone, I pull out everything I'm not interested in doing with that person, and then I give them the deck. Well, right off the bat, I mean, there's some people that I really like and would really like to let them know that I'm into some of these things, and sometimes. I'm shy and don't want to be vocal. So I leave that card in there and then I watch their face when they see it in the uh-huh. deck. And they're like, did you leave to mean this to, did you mean to leave this in there? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Do with it what you want. <laughs> so. I love that. And the trouble Pretty that sneaky. gets into you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take a moment to support the podcast. Read us on Epi. You know what? I'm not happy with the way that happened. Let's try that again. You're going to try that again? Yeah, I didn't okay. like that. Uh, oh, and you know we what? don't edit either. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Let's just do it. Take a moment to support the podcast. Read us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what we're doing, head over to Patreon.com, Erotic Awakening, and take a look at options like discounted stuff, extra content, free books, and more. And our next Zoom meeting, we just had our previous one, our recent one. We will have another one in April. Information coming out to Patreon supporters. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Kitty. Bye, Kitty. Bye. Hey, Kitty, before you leave, I got to turn down this music a little bit. I so enjoy talking to somebody. to. So here's what happens. It probably doesn't happen to you. But after you've written a book or two about polyamory and you've presented it, tons of events and you've done thousands of classes on polyamory you really feel like you got nothing else to learn and i love the fact i've got a boatload of shit that i've just written down from what we just shared about and i'm actually interested in getting your book and reading it which never happens so very much very heartfelt respect and admiration for uh, the path that you've taken and uh very much appreciate you being on the podcast and and, uh, chatting with us well, thank you so much. I want to just say to you both, I've said this before, but you two, I feel, are one of the people that believed in me and gave me a shot as a presenter when I was early on this journey. 
And I just have really enjoyed getting to know you both. And I love all the different resources and guides that you're putting out there for the community as well. So I also have a lot of uh, respect and admiration. So thank you for all that you do. Very kind. Do you like board games? Yes. That's how I start flirting. I'm going to go ahead and turn off the recording part of this. this people don't need to know about this part. <laughs>